Praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us tonight. Praise the Lamb of God. I pray that you are walking in his mercies and walking in the blessings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've been speaking to you about being filled with the fullness of God. And if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, please. And I've used for a title, I said that uh, the love of God may be your problem. Because if you don't have comprehend or understand to the breadth, length, depth, and height of his love, that's what that might be your problem with, with how you're dealing with things. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ with tacit knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you, son. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, as we have walked through that word. And I ask you now, Lord, to do a mighty work to the to those that have gathered together that the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory in the precious and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, the past couple of weeks, I have brought to you some marvelous and wonderful revelations, and I have been speaking to you about the agape love of God. I'm not talking about the kind of love that comes out of Hollywood or some cheap tabloid. I'm speaking about a love that originates from God and brings to you and I as children of God assurance and confidence in the breadth, length, depth, and height of how much he loves us. Not how much we love him, but how much he loves us. How do you explain such love? How do you understand such love? Unconditional love. It's only through the Word of God and the unction of the Holy Spirit that's going to bring to you understanding. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge. It's got to go beyond your knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Those words in the Greek, may be able, is X-S-K-O-O, and it means to be full in strength, to be entirely competent, to be entirely knowledgeable. What an awesome revelation. Maybe able means to be entirely knowledgeable, and the Word of God states with all saints that we are to understand and comprehend what is the breadth, length, depth, and height of that love. To be entirely knowledgeable about the love of Christ, it has to pass your knowledge, your intellect, your thinking, your comprehension. And when it does that, when you come into that realization, when you come into that understanding, the Word of God tells you that it's going to fill you with the fullness of God. Now, I want to tell you this is not going to take place in three minutes. This is a process that's going to take a great deal of time of you comprehending, you meditating, you stuttering, and you, you studying, and you getting revelation from the Holy Spirit concerning this type of love. I'll say it again. 
not about how much you love him. It's about how much he loves you. A powerful word. When you were his enemy, do you remember that before you were born again? Remember when you could have cared less when you were out having a good time? When you had no thoughts or desires about coming to him or even being with him? Actually, he was your enemy. He was loving you as a sinner. And he was reconciling you to him through the death of the son. What an awesome word. How do you comprehend something like that? Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of the Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. See, I'm talking about his love. And that same kind of love that comes out of him can flow through and out of you. Yes, you. So how's it going to flow through you? It's going to flow through his word. The understanding is going to flow out of his word. The comprehension is going to flow out of his word. And it's through the word and the unction of the Holy Spirit that the revelation becomes a reality in you. Darkness flees in the presence of light. If you don't believe me, turn all of your lights off tonight. And then go over to the light switch and turn it on. Darkness flee. Light allows growth, and growth brings forth harvest. It's a process. In order to get a harvest of good fruit, there has to be a planting of good seed. I need to say that again. In order to get a harvest of good fruit, there has to be a planting of good seed. I'm not talking about works or something physical. I'm speaking about you coming into revelation knowledge. If there are no good seeds placed in the ground, then there can be no harvest of good fruits coming out of the ground. Good seeds stop the germination of weeds. The revelation of his word concerning love brings us that assurance. Look at Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Hear the word of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. What is the gospel of Christ? It's about love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And not only did it come in word, but it came in power. And it came in the Holy Ghost. And it came in much assurance. Galatians chapter 5, 6, one of my most favorite scriptures in which faith works out of. 
For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith was worketh by love. You see, if you're going to walk in faith, then your faith works by this revelation. And if you don't have understanding of that revelation, then faith is not going to work. Your faith works by the entirety of this knowledge, and it works to bring you into the fullness of God. But there's hindrances to that. I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago about the number one hindrance, I believe, is religion. But there's a second hindrance. And that's the hindrance of not realizing and knowing how much God loves you. When that hindrance is in place, let me tell you what it does. It stops you from expressing to others what he is trying to demonstrate to you. In the early church, they were filled with his love. And the life of God that everywhere they went, one of two things took place. Either a revival took place or a riot took place. Now, I don't know if you understand this or not, but these disciples, without the help of television, without the help of radio, without the help of media merchandise, without the help of Internet, evangelized the known world at that time in about 30 years. In a matter of a couple hundred years, the entire Roman government was changed. I'm talking about the government that fed Christians to lions, who burned Christians at the stake, who impaled Christians on swords. This government was brought to the place where it accepted Christianity as a way of life in a couple hundred years. Do we understand why the early church had such success without the help of technology that we have today? You know, do you understand that a camel never went across the desert with a bumper sticker on its rear about Jesus? A goat never had a necklace around its neck that said, what would Jesus do? How was the early church able to evangelize the known world in that amount of time? How was that able to take place? I'll tell you why it was able to take place. It took place because of relationship that was founded out of depth and breadth, and it was contagious. Everybody wanted it. Nero, the emperor of Rome, watched as these Christians would be thrown to the lions. And he watched as they would sing and praise God as the lions converged upon them and devoured them. They're singing. And the report in the Fox's Book of Martyrs tells us that he would put his fingers in his ears and scream, why do these Christians sing when they are dying? There are reports of Roman soldiers and Roman people. And as they watched them sing, they would jump out of the stands and run to those being devoured by lions and saying, I want what you have. And they would accept Jesus as their Savior. Why would they do that? Why are they singing? Because of relationship that comes forth out of death. 
And this is the kind of relationship that is very rare in the church today. You see, it's not because of a lack of knowledge. It's not because of the unavailability of technical tools. It's not because of the lack of church building. It's because of the lack of relationship that's birthed in depth and breadth. The thing that made Christianity so contagious was not that these people were preaching doctrine, not that they went to church, not that their building was the largest in town, not the abundance of their program that was so enticing. What made Christianity so contagious was the life that they were living and the life that they lived inside of them. They were filled with the fullness of God because they understood his love. And that poured out to multitudes of people. And the reason that they were filled with the fullness of God was because they had revelation knowledge concerning the love of God. And it flowed to a dying and a hungry world. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this was the love of God manifested towards us, that we might live through him. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hear the scripture, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at John chapter 6, verse 57. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me shall he live by me. Awesome word of God. What an awesome revelation. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Do you remember when the 70 were listening to Jesus preach, and he told them this? And they said, we can't handle this. We're out of here. And they left. Talking about relationship. The early church's relationship with God was heart relationship, not head relationship. Heart relationship that manifested itself in life. But sad to say, Many who have relationship with God today, that relationship does not surpass intellectual knowledge. And because it does not surpass intellectual knowledge, it does not bring forth relationship that is birthed in life and lifestyle. So when you come to the place where you begin to see the deficiencies that are in your life, I need to say that again. When you come to the place where you begin to see the deficiencies that are in your life, 
when you begin to see the bitterness that's there, the resentment, the hurt, the anger, the things in your life that are causing you pain and suffering, the things that are making you sick and tired of being sick and tired, your answer to your condition is going to be a greater revelation, a greater depth of God's wonderful love. And someone's going to say, I understand love. Okay, but there's a huge difference and a huge depth to God's kind of love versus the love that mankind deals with on a daily basis. Words communicate language, but words do not birth relationship. Communicating the word love does not bring forth nor express true love. Would you like to hear what true love is? Most people don't. But God's given you a definition, a description. The kind of love that is attainable to those who are seeking truth concerning his love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity That word charity in the Greek is agape. Charity, love, suffers long and is kind. Ask yourself the question, how long do you suffer? How long does your love suffer? Charity envieth not. Love bolteth not itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, seeketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, because love never fails. This is the byproduct. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 is the byproduct of that kind of love. It suffers long. It's kind. It's not envy. It's not lift itself up. It's not puffed up. It's not allow pride to get in the way. It will not allow pride to bring inflation. This love does not behave in a way that is contrary to its creator, does not seek her own, does not easily provoke, does not think evil thoughts, does not rejoice in iniquity, in unrighteousness, or in injustice. It rejoices in the truth. And because it rejoices in the truth, it is able to bear all things, hope in all things, and to endure all things. That word endure means to be patient in all things. Ask yourself the question, how patient are you? And why are you going to be patient in all things? Because the word of God tells you that you hope in all things. And that's the reason that the love of God, the agape love of God, never fails. You want to know why you're not at this place in your life? 
It's because this place is in a depth. It's in a breadth. It's in a length, and it's in a height of God's love. Here is God's love revealed to you in Scripture. Here is God's love revealed to you through his word. But it's not attainable unto you through a word. It is attainable to you through revelation of his word. And that revelation has to come through the renewing of your mind. It has to take place through transformation through the unction of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable servant. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be able to prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word transformed in the Greek is metamorpho, and it means to be changed into something different. We get the word metamorphosis from the word, and metamorphosis means to change like the caterpillar is changed into a butterfly. This is what the revelation of God's love does when it reaches this depth. It changes. Like it changed the caterpillar into the butterfly. But notice something. Notice that it does not happen Freedom does not happen, the change does not happen until the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. And the caterpillar has got to experience that freedom during the transformation of that butterfly. I want to give you revelation. Turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Let's speak the the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity, and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as become of holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, Good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now look at verse 4. That then he teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, and the word of God to be, to be not blasphemed. Here is a definition of love according to Paul. The older women are told to teach the younger women to be sober. The word sober means to be of a sound mind. Teach them to love their husbands and to love their children. This is a radical concept. This is, this is in direct opposition to how the world and how many of God's people view love. Because their mind is not renewed their concept of love is, is in many ways agreeable to the world's way of thinking, or in other words, 
They've been conformed to the world as spoken about in Romans 12.1. Most people believe that for some reason that when it comes to love, it's something you fall into, and since you've fallen into it, you can fall out of it. Let me say it again. Most people believe that love is something that you fall into, and since you've fallen into it, you can fall out of it. Love to many is goosebumps. It's that unexplained feeling that just makes you all gooshy and and falling all over yourself. There's an old song that goes love portion number nine. To many, that's what love is. It comes on you like a seizure, and all of a sudden, you're in it, and it's wonderful. Love to many is a naked baby with a bow and arrow, and he shoots you, and you become conflicted. Most of the love that the world calls love is nothing more than lust wrapped up pretty. But love, according to the word of God, is something that you teach yourself. And then you teach it to others. I remember so clearly when the Lord told me that I was to marry Wendy. And I told the Lord and I said, Lord, I don't love her that way. And he spoke to me, and this is what he said. I will teach you to love her. And he did. I was married to Linda for 44 years. I was married to Wendy for six years. And I couldn't tell the difference between the 44 and the six. Because love is love when it's agape love. But it's flowing out of we're flowing from God. God taught me. Love, according to the word of God, is something you teach yourself. And then you teach it to others. It's not about falling in or falling out. It's not about any of those things. It's about when you taught yourself to love. And it doesn't matter what the other person does or offends you. You just love them because you taught yourself to love them. The world says you either love this person or you do not. The world says the flame has gone out. The world says you cannot help yourself. If it's not there, then it's not there. That's not true. God's kind of love is choice. You choose to love that individual. God's kind of love is that you chose it. God's kind of love is that you willed yourself to love, and you love because he's loved you. God's kind of love is love that you drive. Not Hollywood's type of love that drives you. God's love for you is not the kind of love that's a lie. It's not romantic. It's not goosebumps. It's not head over heels not emotional. It doesn't exist in a feeling. If, you're based, if your love is based upon that kind of love, then it only takes that person to do something wrong to you until you don't love them anymore. God's love for you is not based upon what you've done or what they've done. 
God's love for you is based upon the fact that he is love. And it is something that you need to teach yourself. And once you have taught yourself through the word of God, then you can begin to teach others and let this love of God begin to flow through you. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ shall be exalted. Thank you, Lord, for such a glorious and wonderful word. Thank you, Lord, that your power, your might, your glory can reach down and touch us. That the love of God will flow in us, through us, and out of us to those who need an expression of that love. We give you all the praise and all of the glory. This is D.K. Groove, this rock solid truth. Go with God. And I guarantee you, peace will go with you.